You're on Community Radio, KVMR, FM, Nevada City, KCPC Camino. It's 6 p.m. I'm Claudio Mendonca, and it's time for the KVMR Evening News. The California Report takes us to Earthseed Farm, a black-owned and women-led 14-acre solar-powered organic farm in Sonoma County, where its members are nurturing a movement based on community building and Afro-Indigenous permaculture values. Al Stoller is here to tell us how to observe the International Space Station as it makes its way across tonight's sky, and Felton Pruitt gets the details about the return of Jerry Bash from the event's producer, Christian Gutt. This is the California Report. I'm Madi Bolaños in San Francisco. L.A. County has dodged another indoor mask mandate. KPCC senior health reporter Jackie Fortier says new COVID case numbers have dropped just low enough. L.A. County health officials have pushed the pause button on reinstituting an indoor mask mandate. The data show that L.A. is right on the cusp of dropping into the CDC's medium COVID risk level. That's due to hospitalizations dipping slightly. Health officials say they don't want to create public whiplash if they continue to decline as expected. The decision also avoids a patchwork of confusing mask rules. This week, city councils in El Segundo and Beverly Hills said they wouldn't enforce a reinstituted mask mask mandate. Meanwhile, Pasadena and Long Beach, which operate their own public health departments separate from L.A. County, announced they would skip issuing new mask rules. Wearing a mask indoors in public places is still encouraged by health officials. L.A.'s COVID transmission remains high. For the California Report, I'm Jackie Fortier in Los Angeles. In other news, riders on Bay Area Rapid Transit, or BART trains, will have to mask up once again. The transit agency approved an ordinance last night requiring face coverings through the beginning of October. Farming in California has not been a friendly place to black people, let alone black women. Only 1% of farmland in the state is black-owned. KQED's Ariana Prale takes us to one woman-led farm in Sonoma County that's trying to change that. It's a warm Sunday afternoon in Sebastopol. A large table of food and farm-fresh persimmon juice lines the porch of the big yellow house at Earthseed Permaculture Center and Farm. A DJ sets a celebratory yet relaxing mood for the group of predominantly Black and Latinx people from different parts of the Bay Area who have converged upon Earthseed for one of its regular Black to the Land gatherings, where the mission is to reconnect Black people to the roots of Afro-Indigenous wisdom. Here's Earthseed founder Pandora Thomas. There's so few places that we can go, and it doesn't even have to be all Black people. It's like a majority, and it's basically who we choose to be around. Thomas bought this historic 14-acre farm last year. It's known for its organic apple and Asian pear orchards, but Thomas has a bigger idea, turning Earthseed into the first Afro-Indigenous permaculture farm in Sonoma County. Thomas explains there's a process she's following, continuing for now with the crops the farm is known for, but also listening to and observing the land. For instance, the team noticed a weed growing naturally on the farm called mullen, known to reduce inflammation and treat respiratory problems when smoked or made into a tea. Right now, this is an organic farm where every all the systems make it so that we can make a lot of fruit that basically leaves the site, which isn't a bad thing. But the Afro-Indigenous permaculture goal is what will it look like when we are seeing the mullen that grows as a weed here and learning about the legacy of mullen 
and maybe the mullein has come into our lives because of all the respiratory issues and swelling happening in our communities right now. The farm's name, Earthseed, is a nod to the fictional religion created by acclaimed science fiction author Octavia Butler, whose image graces a mural on the farm as one of its inspirations. One of the key tenets of Earthseed? Educating and supporting oneself in the community. And that term, permaculture, it's a conjugation of the words permanent and culture. Coined by white Australian researcher and scientist Bill Mollison in the 1970s, it's defined as the development of agricultural ecosystems intended to be sustainable and self-sufficient, and it's derived heavily from indigenous science and land practices. Or, as Earthseed's Fiber Arts fellow Grace Harris Johnson bluntly puts it, The history was really just a bunch of white folks that traveled across the world and watched Native folks doing their thing and then decided that that could be a model. Like, wow, how amazing! In some ways, I understand the intention was to inform others on ways that are more heart-focused with the soil. But I think it's very important to not forget that permaculture is a skewed view of indigenous practices. Thomas and her team acknowledge the southern Pomo and coast Miwok land the farm sits on. The impact of Thomas's vision and the transfer of ownership was readily felt by Earthseed farm manager Antonio Paniagua, who rolls up on a tractor wearing a hat that reads, you are on native land. Hello. Hello. Caring. Caring for the earth is the main thing. We have to take care of the land because we are already polluting it a lot. We have no conscience. We have to take care of the land. Thomas hopes the farm can serve as a model for others to follow and an example to inspire, particularly black people, whether they're in agriculture or not. We are on a farm that's an orchard But it's like this is the classroom we've been given, the earth has given us. And the lessons are not just, okay, tell everybody how to farm. It's more how can our communities learn how to be in alignment with the limitations, but also the bounty that the earth has to give us. Abby Huff, an herbalist who currently serves as Earthseed's herb diva, is in attendance this Sunday in early July and recalls her initial encounter with Earthseed, participating in one of its first Black to the Land gatherings last summer. I remember walking down the driveway and walking up to the house and seeing all these beautiful black people on the porch. And I just, you know, my eyes welled up and um, felt like something that's been so needed here. Thomas says she's proud of the team assembling at Earthseed. And this project is as much about cultivating community as it is building a center designed to spread the values and vision of Afro-Indigenous permaculture more widely in California. For The California Report, I'm Ariana Prail in Sebastopol. Support for the California Report comes from Stanford Healthcare. Alerting listeners to the critical blood shortage in the area, now is the time to donate blood and make a difference. StanfordBloodCenter.org. Hint fruit infused water in over 25 flavors like watermelon, pineapple, and blackberry. No sweeteners, no calories, in stores or delivered from drinkhint.com. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt through the Schmidt Family Foundation working together to create a just world where all people have access to renewable energy, clean air and water, and healthy food. On the web at theschmidt.org. And that's the California Report for Friday, July 29th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. 
Our engineers are Danny Bringer and Katie McMurrin with assistance from Seal Muller. Our producers are Kate Wolf and Keith Mizuguchi. Our senior editor is Angela Corral. Our executive editor is Ethan Toven Lindsay, and our chief content officer is Holly Kernan. I'm your host, Madi Bolaños. Thanks for listening and have a great day. Briefly, in local COVID news, according to the Union of Grass Valley, Nevada County recorded 53 new COVID-19 cases today, increasing the county's positive test rate to 11.4%. Staying here in Nevada County, an announcement was made today that the Ready, Set, Go handbook has been updated. The 2022 edition is being mailed to every household and includes sections that you can fill out to help walk you through your evacuation plans. Nevada County's Office of Emergency Services Director, Craig Griesbach, says that the annual Ready, Set, Go guide is one of the best tools to create a plan before a wildfire happens. Quote, we encourage everyone to work through this year's handbook with family and friends. Now is the time to talk to others about how you're preparing and to encourage others to do the same. Nevada County residents are encouraged to review the updated content, refresh evacuation plans, replenish their go bags, and find and write down their evacuation zones. Those zones can be found at community.zonehaven.com. Extra copies of the handbook will be available at the Eric Rood Government Center, all local Nevada County library branches, all local fire districts and schools, or online at readynevadacounty.org handbook. Also from the Union of Grass Valley, a team of divers from Clean Up the Lake took only a week off after finishing their cleanup effort around Lake Tahoe before starting their next project, a second underwater circumnavigation effort around Donner Lake's shoreline. Clean Up the Lake first circumnavigated Donner Lake in 2020, where they removed over 5,000 pounds of trash. Halfway through this year's effort, crews have already collected nearly 6,500 pounds, which, at that pace, means they will nearly triple the amount of trash collected. The second circumnavigation is part of Clean Up the Lake's five-year monitoring program. Following the completion of Donner Lake, the team plans to tackle Fallen Leaf Lake. And staying on the topic of water, according to the Los Angeles Times, California's State Water Resources Control Board Climate and Conservation Manager Max Gomberg is leaving the job. In his resignation note, Gomberg accused the governor, Gavin Newsom, of siding with defenders of the status quo and also faulted those in his agency who failed to push back. Quote, Witnessing the agency's ability to tackle big challenges nearly eviscerated by this administration has been gut-wrenching. The way some of you have simply rolled over and accepted this has been difficult to watch, end quote. Governor Gavin Newsom's office has rejected Gomberg's criticisms. Turning now to the weather, the National Weather Service issued an excessive heat warning today for much of Northern California, including portions of the Sacramento Valley and adjacent foothills. The warning remains in effect until 9 p.m. this evening. In Grass Valley and Nevada City, 
Tonight, mostly clear with a low around 69 degrees. Saturday will be sunny, heating up to a high near 95. Saturday night will become partly cloudy with a low around 69. On Sunday, expect a high near 90 degrees. Sunday night brings a 20% chance of showers and thunderstorms, mainly after 11 p.m., and a low of 67 degrees. The AQI for Grass Valley and Nevada City will be moderate, with an average value of 60. Moving now to Truckee in the Lake Tahoe region, tonight a 20% chance of showers and thunderstorms before midnight, otherwise mostly clear, with a low around 57. Saturday will be sunny with a high near 90 degrees, with a 20% chance of showers and thunderstorms after 3 p.m. Saturday night in Truckee in the Lake Tahoe area will be partly cloudy, with a low around 57 degrees. Sunday will be mostly sunny, with a high near 83, and Sunday night will cool to a low of around 55, with a 30% chance of showers and thunderstorms, mainly before midnight. The air quality index for Truckee and the Lake Tahoe area this weekend will be moderate, with an average value of 76. And finally for Sacramento, tonight mostly clear with a low around 62. Saturday will be sunny with a high near 94. Saturday night will bring increasing clouds and a low around 63 degrees. On Sunday, Sacramento and the surrounding valley will be sunny and hot with a high near 90 before cooling down on Sunday night to a low of 64 with a 20% chance of showers and thunderstorms after midnight. The AQI in Sacramento this weekend is forecast to be the best of the lot. This weekend, the AQI will be good with an average value of 35. You're listening to the Evening News on KVMR. KVMR's own science correspondent, Al Stoller, says that there's no Earth satellite that's easier to spot than the International Space Station. Up next, Al tells us how to observe the ISS for ourselves as it makes its way directly overhead across tonight's sky. If you've ever dreamed of an easy job, at least what sounds like an easy job, You might want to get in touch with a company that has contracted to do some work for NASA. What makes the job sound easy is that, to do this job right, you don't even have to get out of bed. But, at one and the same time, that is just what makes the job a bit harder than it would seem. In doing this job, you are not allowed to get out of bed. You cannot even sit up. If you're still interested in applying for the job, I'll go on. There are things we need. We need food. Stop eating and you'll soon stop living. We need air. Stop breathing and you'll croak even sooner than if you stop eating. It turns out, for reasons that are not at all understood, we also need gravity, which is a problem for astronauts. Floating around your spaceship looks like a lot of fun. But it turns out to be hazardous to your health. Some reasons are obvious. In zero gravity, your muscles and your bones deteriorate. In an attempt to at least slow down muscle and bone loss, astronauts put in two plus hours a day on exercise machines. But for some reason, all sorts of other things in our bodies go to pot 
without gravity. Thus, NASA needs bed rest studies in which people are hired to do nothing, nothing but lie in bed. Without gravity pulling their blood to their feet, astronauts' blood goes to their heads. And so, if you're doing bed rest research for NASA, your bed will be on a slant, your head lower than your feet, to send blood to your head. When I say you can do nothing but lie in bed, you can read, you can watch videos, listen to music, but no sitting up, no doing anything that would force you, allow you to fight against gravity. While you're earning your pay on Earth, other folks are experimenting with zero gravity in space on the International Space Station. But a stint on the space station lasts just six months, while the missions NASA envisions, missions to Mars or the Moon, those will keep people in zero gravity or minimal gravity on the surface of Mars or the Moon for years. The International Space Station is powered by over a half acre of solar panels. A half acre of glass reflects a lot of sunlight, which will make the station easy to spot tonight as it passes over our heads straight up just after 10 p.m. If you'd like to see the International Space Station pass overhead tonight, get outside just before 10 p.m. The station will rise over the horizon in the northwest, will climb higher and higher, and will pass directly over the foothills a few minutes after 10. It's traveling over 17,000 miles an hour, so it won't take long for the station to cross the sky and set in the east. Again, to see the International Space Station tonight, get outdoors just before 10 p.m. The station will rise in the northwest and will pass directly overhead a few minutes after 10 p.m. Happy viewing! For KVMR, I'm Al Stoller. Jerry Bash is back. The 26th annual tribute to Grateful Dead founder Jerry Garcia returns to Pioneer Park in Nevada City next weekend. Felton Pruitt talked to the event producer, Christian Gutt, to get all the details. We're talking with Christian Gutt. He is the event producer for Jerry Bash, returning to Pioneer Park on Saturday, August 6th. Thanks for talking with us, Christian. Hey, Felton. I really appreciate your time today. And, and of course, the KVMR radio, which is a great source for our community. So we've got uh, the return of the tribute to Jerry Garcia coming to Pioneer Park. Tell us all about it. Well, if you guys haven't heard, you know, Jerry Bash is happening on August 6th here. It's a Minor Soundry Presents. And we are featuring, again, the Deadbeats. It's actually their party. They started this, what, like 26, 27 years ago, I believe. And we're keeping that tradition going. And the Deadbeats, most of the original players are in the band. Peter Wilson's going to be playing in the band. And, and a configuration of some of the original players. They, again, have been doing this for 21 years plus. I've been producing it. This will be my fifth time producing this event. I'm just uh, really uh, pleased to be able to help out the Miners Foundry in this way. And it's going to be just what I call Nevada City's best hometown party. So we've got the Deadbeats headlining, but I know there's some other great bands playing at Jerry Bash. Tell us about it, Christian. Yeah, we're opening up our event this year with Bob Woods and Juliet Gobert. Juliet was uh, probably best known for her group, the Heifer Bells. And Bob Woods, you know, you can bend down to the uh, 
Caesar gig down there, Crazy Horse. He's a staple in town and one of, I think, one of the finest guitarists in town. Following that will be our second act, Sugar Mountain, and that's uh, featuring locals Karen Warner and Cassidy Joy. And they've been uh, warming the audiences with their harmonies and powerful voices for some many years. And again, I think these are going to be two good opening acts to start our day. Followed by that will be the Broken Compass Bluegrass Band, and that's uh, Kyle Ledson and some friends. And they've been, um, they were on the bill for last year, and uh, we we're looking forward to it. It's kind of a bluegrassy feel, twangy feel, and jam grass, something to really feel good about. And they're going to be doing some Grateful Dead materials, I'm sure, amongst their uh, materials. Kyle has, on his latest album, he's got a great version of Jack Straw, so I know that they can cover it. I hope they play that one. I love that song. And um, again, that, you know, each of these acts are going to be about, 40 minutes, and then Kyle Letson will get a little longer. Follow that, we're bringing up a really good jam band. Not many people know this band. They'll be playing, I think, up in the Truckee area before us, and then they're going to hit through here. They're on an actual tour of California right now. Um, it's called Wolf Jet. They're out of Santa Cruz. Caught them one time, just got the whole crowd dancing, and they're just really cool. They call themselves Cosmic Mountain Music. Just, again, some really good jams that we're going to hear to get us kind of in the feel and get us ready for, you know, the headliner, the deadbeats. So it's just going to be just a really nice day of music and something I think we're all craving to hear and all in the spirit of Jerry Garcia, of course. We're talking with Christian Gutt. He's the event producer for Jerry Bash happening at Pioneer Park on August 6th. It's a Saturday put on by the Miners Foundry. What do people need to know when they come to the event? Well, it's hot. It's summertime, so we definitely want people to bring refillable water containers. Miners Foundry will be having a bar there as well. We will have some food vendors, some libations, ice cream. It's just going to be a fun day. I got various vendors coming in, craft vendors, trying to get some of our local nonprofits, the Firewise, the Harm Reduction Group, a couple of local nonprofits we want to feature again, keeping this a local event. But again, it is a party, and we want people to come on out and have fun. Please, no dogs, unless it's a service animal. You know, bring a lot of water. You're welcome to bring in some food and drink if you want, um, but no alcohol, please. And again, the party starts at 2 o'clock. It's at 2 o'clock to 10 p.m. on Saturday, August 6th. So if people wanted to get some tickets for Jerry Bash, how would they go about that? Yeah, tickets are available online or by phone through the Miners Foundry box office. And you can get... To, to the Miners Foundry at minersfoundry.org. What time do the gates open? The gates are at 2 o'clock. Music goes till 10. We also want to let people know that we are having a VIP experience. Again, if you're interested in that, more information is available at the Miners Foundry website. We've been talking with Christian Gutt, the event producer for Jerry Bash. I don't know how many years. It's been going on for a long time but it's at Pioneer Park, Saturday, August 6th, put on by the Miners Foundry. We look forward to seeing you out there, Christian. Hey, Felton, thank you so much, man. We'll, we'll be jamming together, brother. With that, we close our newscast for this evening, Friday, July 29th, 2022. Your community radio station, KVMR, gets support from the Nevada City Farmers Market. Saturdays, 8.30 a.m. to 1 p.m. in the Robinson Plaza and Union Street, now through mid-December. Featuring sustainably grown food from local farmers, crafts, artisanal offerings, and also live music. EBT accepted. 
ncfarmersmarket.org. Head on over to kvmr.org and click the donate button at the top of the page. It's easy, fast, and secure. While you're there, check out our past newscasts, DJ blog posts and biographies, or our arts calendar. Hey, thanks for listening. I'm Claudio Mendonça. We'll see you on Monday right here for another edition of the KVMR Evening News. Oh, 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 o